Camp, Camp, Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Camp. Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Peerch, and I'll be your host. Today we have with us Scott White. He is the associate pastor at Central Baptist Church in Crossville, Tennessee. Scott, thank you for joining us today. Great to be with you, Kevin. Hey, uh, Scott, why don't you just share a little bit about yourself? Um, actually, when people ask me where I'm from, I tell them I'm from the capital of North Mississippi, yeah. uh, Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in this part of the state, they don't really uh, claim Memphis, but uh, that's my hometown. Grew up playing a lot of sports. Uh-huh. I uh, lived near a place called Geisman Park, and I pretty much grew up there playing uh, sports all the time. I'm, uh, I'm the fourth of five kids, and um, I would say, and, and I don't mean any disrespect to my parents, but I would say um, our, our home was kind of a nominal Christian home. My sister was the oldest of the five of us, and she was eight years older than me. And uh, she came to faith in Christ uh, in the fifth grade uh, at a vacation Bible school. And she kind of became the spiritual leader of our home, really, uh, wherever she decided to go to church, our family would follow her there. We ended up going to uh, following her to Berkeley Baptist Church. And uh, the pastor that I serve with now uh, in Crossville was a seminary student uh, at the time. And so he was my youth pastor for about a, a year and a half. So that was our our, uh, our introduction. When my sister was uh, dating my uh, brother-in-law, I went to, uh, went to church with them one night for whatever reason. I didn't sit with them, uh, but I was probably around 11 or 12 came under conviction, I believe, for the first time in my life. Um, I knew that Jesus had died on the cross for me and rose to dead, rose from the dead to give me eternal life. And so I prayed that night, just really desiring Jesus to be the boss of my life. And uh, But I, I didn't really grow. I didn't know anything. And uh, it was a few years later, I started attending a private Christian school in the 10th grade that uh, I really started studying the Bible. The book of Acts was the first book that we went through. And but I didn't, uh, I didn't really have assurance of my salvation. But as a 16-year-old at that time, I kind of prayed like, Lord, I don't really know where I'm at with you, but uh, from this day forward, I want to follow you. So I've been seeking to follow Jesus since then. Because of the influence of my Christian school teachers, uh, I wanted to be a coach. And uh, so I knew that to be a coach, I would need to teach. So I went to college and uh, got a degree in secondary education. Uh, took me five years. I tell people I went to college five years so I could teach three. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I taught three, and yeah. then uh, my my current pastor invited me one summer. Uh, he was new uh, at, at Central Baptist. He's been there 36 years, mm-hmm. but he was in about his second year, and he asked if I would come and work with the teenagers for a couple of months. And so uh, I did that, and that lasted for, uh, for five years. Uh, I was single the whole time. And uh, I left uh, the church in Crossville to uh, attend Dallas Seminary. And a couple of years later, when I was visiting in Crossville, never envisioned living there again. I knew I'd always visit. 
but I met my wife uh, after I preached what I'm confident is the worst sermon <laughs> that I ever preached. <laughs> and uh, so I, uh, I managed to get back to Crossville to pursue her, uh, to get married. Uh, I started pastoring a little church bivocationally, pastored that church four and a half years, went to another church in Cumberland County for three and a half years, and great experiences at both places. And then in 2002, I was invited uh, back to Central Baptist uh, to serve in an associate's role, which has morphed into different things. Uh, I'd been in a four-year program at Dallas, and, and uh, I discontinued that and ended up doing a, uh, an MA uh, in biblical studies. And then um, uh, while I was at the end of one of those pastorates, I had commuted for about a year and a half to Southern and did a different MA. So I got the four years, but uh, in two different places. So right. I kind of feel like I got the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, but I mentioned my wife. Uh, her name is Beth. We've been married for uh, 26 years. We have two sons. Uh, my oldest son uh, is married and has uh, two baby girls and another baby girl on the way. And then my youngest son is still at home and is working hard. And before we really kind of get into, uh, I guess, what's, what's going on at uh, Central, especially in the last uh, 18 months or so, how did you personally, how did you weather you and your family through this uh, pandemic time? I mean, uh, I know it's difficult for everyone, but as a, uh, a, a pastor, what was the difficulties that you were facing? Well, in thinking about that, I guess the thing that, that came to my mind, there was always the question of how isolated to be. Uh, my wife's mother uh, lives just a few houses from us, and and so there was a question as to how much interaction we should have. And also, uh, my oldest son lives probably 10 minutes away, and we decided uh, as a family that uh, we were going to get together. And so they were either over at our house or we were over at their house. And so we uh, we didn't really curtail uh, our activities. We all did at some point in time test positive uh, for COVID. Uh, but thank the Lord uh, we got through that. Yeah. How did your uh, your son, I know, so he's still in high school, right? Uh, actually, he's uh, he's twenty. Twenty. Okay. Yeah, How, yeah, so was he in college, or is he has a working a job? He, he's actually working at Walmart. He tried a semester at uh, uh, a trade school, and he also tried a semester at our local community college. And he just he's not one that just really gravitates towards schooling. And so we said, hey, you don't have to do that. You know, you'll need to go find some work. And and so right now he's been almost a year at Walmart and he's been there long enough to know that he doesn't want to be there the rest of his life, which is <laughs> part of the exercise. Right, right. <laughs> oh, I was just kind of curious how he weathered that, you know, you since he's still living at home and, and even a little older, how you have that central uh, family unit. And, and it sounds like he was still, you all were still meeting together in a close net. Yeah, and he's not, um, uh, he's he's kind of, uh, I don't mean this condescending or anything, but he's kind of a homebody. Yeah. So he's yeah. he's comfortable uh, being around uh, us, and he's not one that, you know, was used to just being out running around all over the place. So, so he loved it. Yeah, he was He'd fine. Stay home. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't really. It, it really didn't affect him. I wouldn't say yeah, that yeah. much. Well, that's good. Well, now let's talk about Central Baptist uh, in Cookville, which is our Crossville is a incredible area. 
Uh, I know it's kind of a on the Cumberland Plateau area, right. and uh, it's because uh, I drive on 40 through there multiple times uh, throughout the year going toward Nashville. And, I, and that's kind of my midway, Crossville and Cookville's midway for me. I, that's where I stop. A lot of people get to places yeah. confused. There's yeah. 30 miles between there, them. There is a distance between the yeah. two, yeah. So in, your, in the community of uh, Crossville, uh, what, uh, I, know, I know this has been a challenge for your church uh, during the last 18 months, but what are some things that you all coped with? Uh, how, how did you deal with just uh, uh, especially the initial beginning of the COVID process? Well, I remember uh, going to a funeral uh, of a young person uh, just right before everything shut down. And um, a man in our church approached me in the back and, and he handed me an offering envelope and he said, here's my giving for the next month or something like that in case we have to shut down or whatever. And it, it never even registered with me what he was talking about. I had no idea what was uh, what was coming, but it was probably uh, within about a week of that that uh, we suspended uh, our services and you know in person meetings. You know the one thing about Crossville being a small town, I, I heard you know having family in the Memphis area and and uh, we we one of our staff members has family in the Chattanooga area. Uh, we could tell that they were locked down a lot tighter than uh, than what we were. It wasn't it wasn't as restrictive for us as I'm sure it was in some other places. So it, your church, I'm sure, had to just uh, uh, adapt very quickly, and I'm sure there was a time, short time, that you all didn't weren't meeting. Uh, you were doing some uh, virtual uh, type things. So how what are some things during that these the last year and a half or so? What were some things that you implemented that? that really did work that you found that was very effective we actually just kind of going back just a little bit we did not meet in person for a service for for nine weeks i think people came to have a greater appreciation for the opportunities that we had to gather because we were not able to do so at that point so i think it became apparent that we had somewhat taken that uh, uh, for granted trying to keep track of people you know, we, we would have a number. We could tell how many people were watching online, but we couldn't tell who those people were. And we use a communication tool called the Realm. So at one point in time, I posted to the congregation trying to get a feel for who was staying connected through that uh, venue and maybe through process of elimination, trying to determine who it is that was kind of falling through the cracks. Right. In some ways, uh, I'm not sure if you're going to ask this in a minute, but it did some good things for us. It forced it forced our hand in a couple of areas, uh, some changes that we made that that I think will stick and that were right. were good and necessary. Are we already doing some sort of uh, online presence anyway. I would say very limited. Yeah, not not really a whole lot. Of course, since then, I mean, now we have a YouTube channel, and uh, each week. You know our our services. Uh, it's not live streamed. It's 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 pre recorded and uh, then it goes out later that day. And uh, that helps to have some control. You know, like if uh, just as an example, maybe if uh, one of the pastors or a speaker or something happened to mention uh, the name of a missionary in a 
in a place where, you know, somebody that would not want them to be there, you know, that can be edited out through it not being live. So what about uh, some things that you all maybe did that obviously didn't work during that time? I don't know that, that we that it didn't work. There was something that we did that was short-lived that we knew had a shelf life. For a few months, we had um, uh, a mask-required service. We have a large room that we came up with a clever name that we call it the multi-purpose room. Yeah. <laughs> it gets used for a lot of different things. But uh, myself and one of the other pastors kind of oversaw uh, that service and you know, the most probably that we ever had there was uh, maybe 20 people. They were our older adults. We have a retired IMB couple in our church that are both 93. She did not come back during that time, but he did. But to be involved in that, you had to wear a mask. Of course, you know, when I spoke or led or whatever, I took the mask off. But uh, everybody else in the room kept one on. So do you find that, I think most churches have found that's kind of a hot topic, mask or no mask. How did you deal with that? That was one of the challenges, of course, in church life with so many different personalities and different people and different maturity levels. No one's ever going to agree on everything. And that's uh, uh, one of the reasons you got to have a leader. But that that was a thing because the issue with COVID got so political so quick. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody doubts that, you know, COVID is real or but how strict to be about a mask and all of those kind of things. So we, uh, we we did tape off our pews to try to social distance, and we did that for several months. And then, um, uh, you know, we, we kind of left it up to people what they wanted to do concerning a mask, except for that one small service that I was talking about. I remember one of our brothers, a neat Christian brother, uh, a deacon in our church that really didn't feel like uh, we were doing a great job of following the guidelines of even the governor. So, yeah, probably like other places, you had you had both extremes. You had some people that were kind of like, hey, COVID's not real at all. Yeah. And, and then people on the other end wear a mask when you're riding down the road by yourself, right. you know, which yeah. doesn't really make sense. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you had everybody in between. So that was dealing with, and, and I wouldn't say we dealt with a lot of that, but, you know, one person that did, when she finally came back, she thought it was going to look a certain way, that people were going to be masked up and everything. And I think she was surprised to find out that, that it wasn't, wasn't that way. So if you're looking back, and I think that all pastors or probably all believers, hopefully, well, I think probably all people in general are looking back and thinking, you know, say, what, what have I learned through this? And uh, so... What do you feel like that, is, is there any specific truths that you feel like that through this experience in the last 18 months that uh, maybe God has showed you or, or in the process of teaching you during that time? You know, I can't really think of anything specifically other, other than, I guess the way I would, would say it was uh, some reminders that we had. Uh, at least from my perspective. I mean, the fact that uh, even with all the chaos going on, knowing that God is in control and uh, he's he's got everything in his hand. You know, another truth is just the importance of a local church uh, in a community. People, I think, really, really missed that, uh, the, you know, which goes along with the importance of uh, a Christian fellowship, having that interaction with people. It was good. One of the things we did that I'm sure a lot of churches did, we had a lot of 
of our Sunday school, uh, adult Sunday school classes that Zoomed their classes. And, and that, that was invaluable during that time. It kept a lot of people connected. And what was cool about it, you know, snowbirds and stuff like that that were in other states were able to maintain, you know, a, a level of contact that before COVID they wouldn't have had. And, and we've got a lot of people that are snowbirds. Another thing, just learning the the need for for flexibility and innovation. Uh, sometimes churches, uh, and maybe we're unique here, but sometimes we don't always do things well on the fly. And uh, I've, I've joked at different times, um, you know, when I've preached or have been at the pulpit for whatever reason and, you know, pray, you know, Lord, let something happen today that's not in the bulletin. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and a lot of times that, that throws people off. You yeah. know, you you change the order of songs with something else and I think one of the uh, the challenges for our ushers, you know, because we went to offering boxes, which I love. Uh, that's something that uh, we're going to continue to do. But I think it made our ushers feel obsolete. You know, it's like, okay, I'm not passing the plate now. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. To which I would say, usher, right. you know, yeah. uh, help people as they come in to know where to sit and, you know, what's off limits and Please don't, you know, remove that tape from that pew. It's there for a reason. And uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know that we're doing a whole lot better yeah. <laughs> at that. You know, it seems like a foreign concept. You know, it, it, it always bothers me when I see somebody wandering around trying to figure out where to sit and no one's helping them. That is the kind of thing I think they need to be looking to do but so it it kind of changed their dynamic uh, a little bit and i'm sure there are other things that are like that that was difficult for people one other thing that i wanted to mention about that is, is just as far as you know the, what the lord teaches us and everything is just what a great staff that we have uh, at our church and um, our media staff person just did a tremendous job in um all the stuff that was put out on YouTube and online, different types of things. Made our pastor and, and others of us that had opportunities to preach, you know, did a great, great job. So those are the guys that make you sound good and look good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one one last question. So uh, obviously you all, uh, you've brought your staff over to Carson for a staff retreat. I, I know you have a, a very distinct purpose in that. So is it important? for a pastor to get away and disconnect. It is, and, and speaking of flexibility and, and innovation, uh, we were, uh, the, the night before, we were going to leave at 8 o'clock in the morning from our church parking lot, and around 10 o'clock the previous night, the retreat that we had planned completely changed. The young man that was going to be leading our retreat, uh, leading our staff through a, a personality, uh, the DISC uh, personality study. We had all taken this test, and, and he was going to share the results with us, and we were going to talk about how we interact together as a staff. Well, just a few hours before we came, that was, uh, he was, uh, had tested positive for COVID, and his wife is one of our children's ministry uh, directors, and so she wasn't able to come, and so, uh, you know, I kind of thought about that passage in the book of Acts where Apostle Paul wanted to go in a particular area and says the Holy Spirit hindered him. 
And, you know, how he hindered him, I don't know. Uh, but he wanted to go in a particular direction, and the Lord didn't allow it. And it was at that time that he received the Macedonian call and discerned that he was supposed to go in a different direction. So I think our, our staff, you know, we didn't panic or anything. It was like, okay, God obviously has a, a different plan. And so it, it's worked out very well for us. Yeah. But we've kind of done a couple of things on the fly that maybe we hadn't intended on doing that were necessary. Well, and, and yeah, breaking away, be able to relax and get to know staff, that's, that's always a, a positive thing to help you all be more united. So, so I think that's great. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to be able to uh, just share a little bit about what's going on at, in your ministry, at, especially in Crossville and in that community and how you weathered this small, even though it may be a big storm, and the bigger picture, it's a small one, and God's glorified through all this. So thank you for taking the time to do that. Thanks, Kevin, for uh, for having me for this for this opportunity, and we appreciate the work you do here. Thank you. For those who are listening to the podcast, uh, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, please leave a comment or just follow us. That would encourage others to listen to this great resource. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Scott or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.